Coming up, we have a recording of a YouTube live stream we did with Chad Moretta. If you're not familiar with Chad, he is the best-selling author, full-time entrepreneur, advisor, and investor. He's best known for spearheading the creation and marketing of over 200 apps with over 150 million downloads. And I found out about him because he wrote the book and he's the founder of App Empire, which has enabled tens of thousands of people to exit the rat race and live life on their own terms using mobile apps. Go check them out at appempire.com. And here is the live YouTube recording where we talk about influencer marketing, how Chad has been able to find so much success in the app space. And I hope you guys join us every Friday at 9 a.m. on YouTube live. Just go to appmasters.com slash live. I'll see you next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Enjoy. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Give your users options by adding rewarded surveys into your app monetization mix with ThermReach. They are the leading survey monetization company in the digital space. Learn more at ThermReach.com. AppRadar helps you accelerate your mobile growth through their simple ASO platform, and they set up optimized Apple search ads to help you scale up your user acquisition. Check them out at AppRadar.com. Why do the two people that talk about this on the same time? So next week, I'll sorry, Eric, Overpass Apps. He has a live stream that's going on right now. So we'll have to adjust the times. I am actually going to, I have a 8 a.m. scheduled a couple of weeks from now with Joseph Kim from De Deconstructor of Fun, where we're going to talk all about mobile games. So next week, we'll try something different and do a 8 a.m. as well. All right. Sorry. I got something going on. Thank you, Lazy Emperor. I like that name, man. You said, let's go. And then I'm going to bring Chad in as well. I've got a couple of app audits that I'll share with you guys. And then if you've got some, just send me an email. I think that's the best way. Chad's here. So I want to make sure we answer all our questions. We have very limited time because I got to run to another webinar right after this. But I'm going to hopefully answer all your questions and I'll be moderating. And let me add Chad in right now. Dude. Let's get him on. This is the operation. Or let me figure this out. Okay. Everything's everywhere. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Chad, you there? What's up, brother? Uh, I'm here. Or on yes, the live yes. stream as well. Let me. Can everybody add? Ooh. All right. How do I split screens with you? Mm, there I you go. Switch the phone, dude. Yeah, look at you. Works. I like those glasses. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, Swanwicks. Yeah. Little Swanwicks. What are they for? Like blue light stuff. Blue light. When you're looking at a screen all day, it's really definitely help. So I've been using them lately. Chad, I think a lot of people are excited that you're here. We got a few questions already, so why don't we just get into it? There is an app audit if Let's we do get it. to it. And then I do got to jump around 9.45 our time. We've got another webinar to do right after this. So I want to value your time as well. So Ooh, yeah. super excited to have you on, man. Yeah, bro. Let's do it. I'm excited to uh, to connect and uh, answer any questions we have. So this will be a lot of fun. Anything new you want to share with the group before we get into the, some of the questions, man? I think it'll naturally come out as okay. we talk. Yeah. So, well, let's do this, man. And I can answer this for you, but I think you'd be a great person. Lazy Emperor said, Chad, can I get access in the app market just by reading your book in the current market? Yeah. So the book definitely still applies. Uh, obviously, there are different things that have changed as far as like some of the websites and some of the APIs, but the the fundamentals of App Empire still remains the same. And so you know, even though it's been, what, eight years, something like that, 
a lot of the same principles about emulation and market research um, are actually more, you know, like ripe than ever right now. So, because the basics it always goes back to the fundamentals at the end of the day. So that's what I said yeah. with our first interview. I was like, look, those still, those same principles, the macro level stuff that you shared still apply. And even the app any trick, looking at the ones to two star reviews, all that stuff really yep. works, man. Like it's definitely worth yep. another read. And guess what this guy is doing? Joe, John in Spanish, probably I'm reading Chad's book for the second time at this moment. So good job, John. Keep it going, man. I think Heck, yeah. still reply. All right, nice. man. Sweet. So, Hey, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. I, on the Google play side, do you focus anything more on like the keyword rankings and figuring this out? We got a question from Tootsap that said, can we increase the keyword ranking using paid marketing on, on Google play? So I do, I still do like 90% of my stuff is on iOS. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, there are definitely tactics with Google play that, that you can rank on, but it's, it is different than iOS. And so, you know, I don't actually know the latest tips yeah. on Google play cause I just focus on iOS and make so much more revenue. Um, but I do know that, yeah, there's definitely ways that, you know, that, that you can leverage what you're doing on iOS for Google play. It just, I'm not that expert at Google play as I am as iOS. Yeah. Well, uh, what I, what I can share on my end is that and I said in the comments, the short answer is yes. I have seen from clients that run Google AdWords, their organic growth goes up too. But the moment you stop that your organic yeah. reach goes and, yep, right down. And so that's the unfortunate side of Google play. You don't want to be solely reliant on your paid advertising just to help your organics. Mm -hmm. But then Google has this way of like making sure they tie those two do together. Totally. Yeah. We're iOS. It's like you, you, I've leveraged just a lot because you know, keyword stacking is so big. So having like longevity of an app in the store, having a certain amount now uh, downloads, having ratings, having that algorithm kind of work for you is really, really nice. And so that's where you'll see a lot of old apps that haven't really done much are still ranking really high because they've, you know, keyword stacked themselves, um, whether it's intentionally or not. And, uh, that's a big piece of this because, you know, at the end of the day, apps are <laughs> apps for me. It is the best thing. And I'm realizing it now. We talked before about how amazing this is. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't know any other investment that once you get to a certain level, obviously it's a business and remains, you know, maintenance and there's work, but for it to spit off either downloads or revenue, it's unlike any other platform or business I've seen. So pretty amazing. Questions coming in. And for those who are wondering, we will, you know, they like this auditing apps. So like I told you, Chad, like people like it when we audit apps. So my email is pretty simple, man. If you guys are new to the game, it's just steve at appmasters.co or you can use .com. It doesn't matter. It goes to the same place, but that's as simple as it gets. There are people who are saying hi. So I'm gonna try to get to people who are saying this. And then if you're the first time, and Kush said, this is my first time catching live stream. So welcome. And you, I've got your app loaded on your phone as well. Hey Chad, what I want to talk about with you is also you yeah. know, what we talked about in the first catch up was how you're finding more success in the app space. And what I'm really curious about, you sold, I think five different different mobile startups, like what types of systems have you uh, developed to be able to sell so many app startups? Yeah. So I've, it's actually, it's seven or eight now, uh, nice. which is amazing. Yeah. And so I, I think for me, it's like, I always, I mean, the, the main thing is you always want to start with an exit. So I always look at everything as I'm going to sell this thing. And so creating a niche, I love niches. I love being able to you know, really understand my demographic and I put them in silos. And so I look at like, okay, I'm building, say, you know, this emoji app or this, you know, photo editor app, whatever it is, it's its own silo. And I'm looking for the buyer to already ask me questions before I've even started. And so what does that look like? It's like, who's the demographic? Who's actually buying this thing? Um, you know, how do I know the marketing? I create a path for them of projections. And this is really good because it gets you aware of your own numbers and how you understand what is that what is that actual user worth? What's your ARPU? What's your LTV? And so if you calculate that up front, you get to understand when you tweak certain things that you can actually understand the value of that. And you can look at obviously increasing your not only your conversions, not only your revenue, but also how can you increase this 
this this user that's not going to just leave after they subscribe, but how can you give them value and and tell this buyer, you know what, the attrition is seven, eight months, nine months. And so um, it's sort of a, a broad question, but the main thing is I set it up to be sold. Um, I'm getting very, very specific with my demographic and how I'm creating income and revenue. And so every time we're meeting, it's like we're thinking of how do we increase this visibility-wise, traffic-wise? How do we one-up the marketing? And I'm kind of bringing this conversation into the team. And so whenever, again, we have a buyer that's inquiring, I'm very, very uh, you know, uh, understanding of what they want and what they need, and I can tell the story. Now, one piece, obviously, too, is like, once you're building this silo of apps, I usually have a couple other ones, and so they communicate together, and so they build this like passive sort of suite um, where I can keyword stack everything. I'm working a few hours a week, if that, and that gets really attractive to a buyer when they're like, okay, you're doing 100,000 a month, you're hardly working, this is only going up, it's subscription revenue. I mean, that helped a lot, getting subscription revenue, because now it's like they can count on this passive, I don't have to work a lot. This is the revenue. So it becomes a very attractive asset at that point. And uh, I want to make SOPs. So I want to set it up for them. So if they don't have any tech experience, five of the buyers that I've had had zero tech experience, had never been in apps, didn't even know what it was. In fact, the last guy that just bought one got an SBA loan. And, you know, a lot of people are like, wow, he paid, you know, seven figures plus for this thing. Well, guess what? It's bringing in a hundred, you know, thousand of revenue a month plus, and his payment is only like eighteen thousand dollars a month. Mm. So great cash flow for him, and he has a path to scale. So I always want to give them a path to scale and make the numbers work. It seems like, you know, are buyers put off by apps that only drive downloads through organic? Do they want to see a paid model in place? You know, that's that's it. Really, is specific to the buyer. I think the reason why a lot of the buyers like my paid traffic, right? It's organic traffic that's happening. Um, so I think a lot of the savvy buyers now, they want both, right? They want to see that you're actually, you can pull some levers of paid advertising, but I think it's always like important to have organic. And if you have organic um, working at all, then the buyer at least has some type of, you know, comfort that if things just fall off the cliff, at least they'll get some traction. Yeah, I love it. Okay, let's get into some of the questions that people have for us. Johan yeah. says, got an app coming out in a couple of months. Will you still be doing these live streams? Like most likely, most likely I've been enjoying them. And so yeah, keep sending emails and if you want me to check out your app, we'll do that. Jay Taylor asks, what are the best methods to attract users from Instagram? You got any thoughts on this, Chad? Well, yeah, it really depends. Is that, is that advertising you're saying or just in general? How do you get users from Instagram? Yeah, I think I think both. Let's talk about both. I mean, for me, I always I like to link up with obviously traffic sources. So looking at, at you know, an influencer that has, has that that specific you know, their page. So they're seeing their stuff. And you know it's really easy, I think, to to link up and to to do some type of an advertisement for Instagram uh, with an influencer. But a new model that I love that I've been doing for a few years is actually giving them a percent, like as an affiliate, and setting it up so it's continuous. So it's like, hey, look, you know, I, I want to give you equity of this app, um, but I want to see first if it converts. Here is a few examples of how I'd like you to to advertise to have you actually in it, so it's not just this like you know, really uh, flat advertising, but it has your, you know, your actual, you know, word that you love this, you've tried it. And then if you hit a certain number, like I want to actually bring you in and I want to be, I want to give you a small percent of equity. Um, but that's what this looks like every week. You're going to be doing this. And so now you're setting up these like, you know, affiliate traffic channels mm. and it makes sense if they can put a certain number of traffic into your pocket, like that's gold. You're paying for it anyway. And then you're getting someone that's going to be consistently doing it. So you got to pick your people wisely on that one. But I've found that to work really, really well. And then obviously, like the ad wise, everything has to be quick. So it can't be stale. It's got to right off the bat. It's got to you know, get their attention and show them why do they want this thing? Ah, I mean, we see it all the time. So advice that I have for people is like if you're on Instagram surfing, you should be. 
become a user of the ads. What are you clicking on? Why are you clicking on that? Really reverse engineer that and start looking at, you know, your own ads because, man, people have three seconds and if they aren't captured and click on it, then it's gone. Um, and so you got to get very, very to the point, very quick, very abrupt. And you got to give this thing of like, they must have it immediately. I just published the video on Monday about TikTok style videos and think about how you can leverage TikTok style videos on Instagram as well. And like Chad said, quick, like have those influencers be part of the narrative, have their faces in there. And that's what makes a compelling ad and just a video that you want to share as well. Hey, Chad, to talk about that. I love that model with the influencers. Do you work with Michael influencers? Is there a type of like a number of following that you like to focus on for this model? Yes. Great question. Um, it is micro influencers. So typically, you know, the range for me is like 50,000, uh, up to a half a million, anything more than that, even in the half a million mark, you're going to get, you know, a management uh, company, you're going to get crazy premium prices. That's why TikTok is is great because, you know, it's not too late to the party there. We are going to get a lot of cheaper, you know, installs based on somebody that doesn't know what their audience is worth. And so, so there's still time there. And yeah, I think that that's open. I, I focus on smaller niche um, because A, it's cheaper. B, you're going to get somebody that's a lot more hungry. They're not going to be like, ah, oh, I get a million messages. Um, you got to make it compelling. You got to show them why you're different and why they're going to make a lot more money than just advertising somebody else. Yeah, so true. Okay. Stuff. So true. And I think you know, they know, get sent all this stuff. So sorry, there was, there was a bit of lag. The, and if you want to get tactical, there's always things you can do, like search for the top hashtags, look at the top posts, click on a bunch of them, and then see which ones are the micro influencers. Cause usually on Instagram, you can see the top posts. I'm, I can actually do that while now, but Vineeth says, Hey Chad, I read your book. Thank you for your contribution in the app space. Yeah. I want to echo that Chad. Thank yeah. you for that. Oh man. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. <laughs> and means a lot. Alejandro says, where can I download this book? Dude, it's on Amazon. Go check it out there. You want to send them anywhere else to get your book? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Amazon's definitely the place. Okay. All right. Yeah. And I'll link it up into the description after the live stream as well. Romain, who's a friend of mine, he said, are paid apps still, question for Chad, are paid apps still a viable business model and in what circumstances? Love your thoughts on that. Yeah, so I, I do really love that question. Um, yeah, paid apps actually are there. There is a there is a model out there for paid apps now. Subscription wise, you know, obviously that is king. Subscription and and freemium and and getting there's not much that can beat that. Honestly, um, I like that better than anything. But there are super niche, um, and this is like a niche within a niche that you can find. Uh, where you know you can put 4.99, 5.99, whatever, and I'm seeing some companies do that now. If they have certain plugins, if it's audio stuff, if it's, if it's music stuff, you know, at the end of the day, there is a market for it, and um, you know, you just have to pick. You have to make sure it's small enough. And I would definitely, like I always talk about, find other competitors that are doing it successfully before you just make that your model. But yeah, there's definitely, uh, you know, in-app purchases still people are doing. There, there's definitely a way to do it. Um, just be mindful. You don't typically want to do that unless it's a, a, a very small use case with a super high niche. Yeah, I agree. I like the music, the example too. I talked to a few people who have, whether they're subscription or paid apps, but they're for a specific niche. They understand that they're used to paying a really high amount for this piece of thing that you're providing. And yet you're providing mm -hmm. that form for a lower cost. Yeah. It, it, it's like, it comes back, back to the beginning days, just like VR now, VR, you know, Oculus, all, all this, it's, it's all premium. Why? Well, because you don't have as much demand. And so because you don't have a lot of demands and more supply, it's a smaller market size. The premium model is the way to go. And it's sort of the same in apps. It's like, if you have a smaller niche, but they're obviously buying, buying stuff in smaller supply, premium will work. But if it's oversaturated or the market gets too big, then the model just changes. And so there are pockets that you can really be successful at. Yeah, I like that. 
So Jay Taylor, who asked that Instagram question, gave us a high five. So it seems like we answered it. Thank you, Jay Taylor. I'm Bam! <laughs> All right, Spencer, <laughs> another guy who's been on these live streams. What is the most important metric when evaluating an app idea in an established market? Mm -hmm. I don't think it's one metric. Sure. I think for me, I have, a, I have an analysis that I do, uh, and it's based on competitors. What is the market size? So I'll go on and I'll find out the revenue from these top five competitors, figure out my market size. I'll figure out my cost. So I'll get quotes. I'll draw up and get quotes. Quotes and take the the average of the and I'll basically look at those factors and I'll come up with it's like a decision matrix basically but what is the probability of success um, how much am I actually paying for this and then I'll make my decision based on that I still don't like spending a lot of money on apps at all I still like going I mean I used to spend two thousand dollars on apps that was my my mode now it's more of like five to seven range um, I will pay 10 on some apps, you know, that are obviously have more functions, but man, I don't like spending a lot. I like to, to keep it pretty low. And, um, and so that ends up being probably one of the biggest metrics is can I enter a bigger market that I know I can outmarket them and outvalue them while I'm still spending under $10,000. Like that gives me a higher probability of success for a pie that I feel like I can start getting a small sliver of, and it'll pay for itself. Chad, let me ask you this on that topic. Do you like I mean, I guess, when do you decide to build an app from the ground up? And when do you decide that, hey, I'm going to go buy an established app out there and just better market this app? Yeah. So what, when do I decide that? Yeah. That the question? How do you decide the difference between I want to build it ground up and I'll just buy an existing app? Yeah. Some of the features. Yeah. Typically, great question. Yeah. Because there is a cost to building something, obviously. Yeah. Like there is time. There is. So for me, I typically want a smoking deal if I'm going to buy an existing app. Um, period, because there's risks to that as well. Uh, and so, you know, typically for me, I jump in if somebody has an app and they're, you know, say it's doing 20,000 a month and they're like, look, I, I'm not doing anything. I don't know what to do. I can take that over and, and do a deal where I basically, you know, can, can split the revenue with them on the way up, but I don't have to put any money out. And so that's a way that I get to sort of get both where I don't put out a lot of cash they win, I win, they make more money, and, and it's a great scenario. As far as purchasing an app, typically if, if it's already doing having revenue, it's a great code, and um, I, it takes me five months to build it, and I'm paying three times you know, what it would cost, then I'm, then I'm getting interested. But I'm usually pretty like offhand of buying a full app just because the risk of the code, the risk of you know, a lot of the risks that come into it, I'm not that excited about because I'm just not the technical person that has a confidence to see it and to do it. So um, typically, I'd rather partner than, than buy an app code. That's cool. You know, the, I talked to a developer friend of mine. He's like, every developer you talk to, they look at a code, they're going to say, that code was shit. <laughs> like, it's always, You're right. <laughs> <laughs> they're never going to say, oh, it's great code. Like, I can build upon this. It's like, no, that was the crappiest yeah. code. I'm going to redo this. Swiss year. cheese, baby. Doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Romain got back to us and said, thanks guys. So I'm glad we answered that question. I love comments like these, Chad. Lazy Emperor said, appreciation from Chad and Steve would make my day. I feel more confident about myself in the future. I mean, that's why we're doing this. And so that's why Chad built, you know, it was Chad's model that I got to follow and to have him on to real. Yeah. So thank you for writing that out. You know, Joe says, what are your best tips for acquiring influencers without cold outreach? Any recommended platforms and websites? So I've got one chat and I'd love to hear your thoughts. You know, the ones that there's a tons of them, right? But the ones that you can check out are Shoutcart, shoutcart.com, where you can connect with them. There are people who list them. There's a little hack that I try to share too, would be try out Cameo, right? And maybe hack it in a way you can pay them to pay for a brand. So these are like big time celebrities. They'll have reality shows or reality show celebrities too, but you can have them pay for a brand. So that's usually a little bit more expensive. Like I think I pointed out Snoop had one, which was like 10 times more of a shout out. But the way I was thinking about hacking it was like saying, Hey, you know, like write a, I would get Snoop to say happy birthday chat or Hey Chad, congrats on your 
blah, 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 app launch and blah, you know, like, or your new book, App Empire 2, and figure out a way to sort of leverage that content onto something else. So that was my hack. And it's probably great. I don't know if Cameo, it's against Cameo's terms of service, but that's ways where I was thinking like, is there an affordable way to get some celebrity to talk about a product and mention the, you know, somebody else I love as it. a normal shout out, but your thoughts. I, I love it. No, I think that's fire. I think that's a really, because at the end of the day, you're paying for attention. That's what social media is, right? It's, it's all attention. It's an attention game. So, you know, I think that's great just because you're getting their attention and you're able to leverage something else um, and do a deal with them that way. For me, I, I go kind of more of a uh, warm lead. And so I leverage people in the space. So like one guy, Bob Sterling, he's like a licensing, he's like the licensing master. He connects with, you know, massive brands, massive celebrities. He'll do like, uh, you know, like a Tony Hawk uh, toy and be the guy in the middle and, 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 you know, do incredibly well. And so, you know, I want to leverage people like that, that can give me a warmer intro. Um, and so I'm coming in with something. And so they're giving me their attention. That definitely works more than, you know, the cold calling, obviously, and putting it in there. Um, and so, so, but I'll typically do that or a friend that knows them somehow. And we can all do this. We all are like, you know, a handful away from the people that we want to get to. So um, I typically really love either LinkedIn. I'm connected through them or, you know, some other ways. But I always try to go for that. Your network is so important. And I don't care who you are. You know a lot of people. You know, we're connected to a lot, a lot of people that can make an intro. So, yeah, I love it. The, all right. So I've got a lot of questions coming in, so I'm going to try to get to all of them, but similar questions about this from a couple of different people. How do you protect your ideas from developers themselves who impede them from stealing your idea or selling the ideas on the app store, like creating your code and creating a copycat and putting in the app stores? Any Thoughts around that? I mean, the there's a short answer to it, and you, you fully can't. So the, that's one thing, is like letting go yes. on one level, because they could just take it and run away. There's kind of nothing you can do. Well, you can start up front with protecting yourself. That's really the only thing you can do. So it starts with the hiring process. Who are they? How can you trust them? Why do you trust them? You know, do they have something to lose? And so if they've done a crazy amount of work um, and certain areas of the world too, I'm a little bit, you know, mindful of as well, but it's really just like, you know, making sure you get the code, the full code, making sure you've got a legal contract, making sure you set it up up front to begin with, with the right person. Um, I like to get the full code every time they hit a milestone. So, you know, GitHub, you don't want to just sit there and like, let them have, I hear, I hear horror stories of like, oh, I never had the code. And I had the last 5% to pay them and they have all the code. They'll use it as leverage. So you can't do that. Um, but it's really just signing an agreement and choosing the right person and, and having like, you know, NDA stuff like that signed. And, 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 and that's the best you can typically do. Yeah, I've, I've seen horror stories too. I just talked to somebody whose game was actually on the developer's account still. And I'm like, dude, you're not seeing a lick of money coming to your account because it's still on your developer's account. I'm like, this is not your name. It's like too new and, and he was, you know, not an Asian dude. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alejandro has a great question and we've got a similar question along these lines. How can you increase app purchase conversion? Okay. So can you hear me? Okay. Am I breaking, breaking we, up? Yeah. There's, there's some breakup. There's a lag on coming from you and me. So I don't know if the audience is feeling it. All right. Give me a. All right. Well, I'll wait for Chad. The Cyprian asked, do you have any recommendations on where to start learning more about the subscription model? Okay. Chad's back. So Chad, the, the increased purchases, and I'll get into this next question as well, which is along the same lines of that. Okay, cool. So this should be better. Hopefully let me know if it's not. So yeah, basically the, the, the biggest thing is like you want to optimize always, always optimize. So every week you want to be looking at your numbers and you want to be looking at, 
who hit your pages, who actually looked at your 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 screenshots, you know, and you, you obviously icon looking at all ASO tricks, you want to be measuring those. And so it is like this, you know, always be converting sort of mentality. And you obviously start with like people hitting your your pages and then converting to download the app that that's where it first starts. And then secondarily, it goes into, you know, the app, like using some type of mixed panel using, you know, your nag screens, how are they how are they converting, you know, testing things in there. Um, I, I think more importantly, it's like people just don't realize that you have to tweak a lot and you have to understand what those tweaks are. And so it's not one strategy besides every week you should be testing stuff. Yeah. You should be testing copy. You should be testing your titles. Really look at your titles and really look at some of the keywords that you have. And if the icon, you know, is is working, great. But how do you know? How do you know if you don't test something? And so split testing is so important. This is true for anything, any business. But in the app business, it seems it's like we forget this. You know, you can make one tweak and all of a sudden it can shoot up. Most of my, a lot of my success, I did little, you know, little hacks where it's like I would put emoji plus or I'd put like all these and just try it and all, all of a sudden I'd get thousands of downloads. And so sometimes you just don't know and you got to be the one creating sort of the next traffic source within the ASO way of the way Apple does it because the algorithm keeps changing. So sometimes it's like if I increase people in my app and rating, now it goes up in rankings and I get more organic eyeballs on it. Okay, so I'll build an onboarding screen. I'll get increase their time in the app to three minutes. I'll get them to rate because I'll do a pop-up when I give them value. And all of a sudden, now Apple likes that and they're shooting it up. And now I'm getting all these other downloads. And so sometimes it's not what you think it is. And you really got to look deeper and tweak the things and, and actually measure it. And, and be on top of it. That's the, the best advice I can I can give with increasing downloads. Be on top of it. Always be tweaking. Yeah, and there is this question, which I'll answer too. Do you have any recommendations of where to start learning more about the subscription model? There are courses out there. And, you know, I think it's a good intro into we're creating a course just basically on the subscription yep. model. And it got me thinking too, because I feel like, Chad, along those lines, there are three critical elements that you should always be testing. It is your app store listing, your app icon, your screenshots. Secondly would be your onboarding experience, right? Like because yep. you want to increase your attention. And the last thing should be your pricing page. And I'm doing a lot yes. of deep dives on different pricing pages and what's converting and what's not. And we saw from one client, we got like a 70% increase in conversions, about a 50% increase in revenue per download. And so we're seeing yep. good results with small minor tweaks and the one nugget, and we're trying to put all this advice and data into together into a full blown course. But what the one advice I would say is with the pricing page, I always feel like you have to show value, right? Like it's not about normally it's not about the price itself. It's where can I, as a customer easily see value and having too many yes. options is bad, but having a couple of options where I can easily see value is good too. And so we talked a little bit more on the last weeks uh, the youtube stream but check that out yep. as well because that's where we really get into some of the nuts and bolts of a good really good high converting pricing page i love it heck yeah 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 yeah, yeah no we're definitely going to be nailing that and helping people and i'm excited for what we're doing too yeah i mean i literally i got my my yes button on my desk here i'm hitting that because yeah i, I think people need to learn this because it is it is fire once you have these subscriptions you know recurring revenue I mean, the game changed when Apple released that. And yeah. so it's super exciting because now you know how much money you can actually spend on traffic because you know what your user's worth. Like for the first time, you're like, oh, I'm making $3 from this person, so I can spend $2 to acquire a user. And you can build a real business that people love to buy. I mean, the, 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 the buying possibility of apps increased to tenfold because now they know they have subscribers that are paying them monthly. That is a an incredible business opportunity. Yeah. So you know what it's I found, Chad? To get to the nuts and bolts, because I love the nuts and bolts. But like figuring out how many what those increases are, figuring out what those numbers, the numbers I just pulled off of the fifty percent, seventy percent, finding yeah. those within App Store Connect, so freaking hard. So I was like, I gotta create a video on like what these activations it versus is. paid to like conversions, what those numbers mean. So you can really digest did this increase the conversions and the first time I yep. did it, I did it all wrong. But then the second time I did it, I like 
asked other friends and I was like, am I doing this right? Am I looking at the right data? And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, that, that makes more sense. Totally. So it yeah. is very confusing. No, it takes that. It yeah. takes that level of depth. Yeah. To understand because Apple doesn't give it to you easily. No, unfortunately. Dude. All right. Sweet. Okay. So I just want to go through some of the comments and give shout outs. Joe says, love that tip, getting the code at milestones. Thanks, Chad. We got D. Thank you so much, guys. And then Jay Taylor, this is so insightful. Thanks for this little emoji, star emoji. So thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Boom. We are going to get into some of the app audits. I have that VPN app downloaded, so I know he's waiting. Joe says, Steve, that cameo hack is brilliant. Love that. Try it out, man. I don't know if that's going to work. But Chad, we got RU Khan says, how much should we pay? to IG influencers with 50 to 500 followers. Now, Chad, you're working out equity deals. Are you paying anything as well? Sometimes I do. Um, I typically do equity deals because I, I know the person, I, I see their engagement, it's super, super high. So I've done my research, um, but sometimes I will do a small test. And, you know, I, I definitely don't. I, I think there there is a model that people pay um, it's sort of like retail and they can see what they're getting. I, I don't want to be that. I want to be like a wholesaler and, and actually do the partnership. So my model is a little bit different. Um, I, I do use like an assistant with a script to reach out and also like get some of these people. But if, if they just push me at full retail and they're not actually emotionally connected to it, they don't care about the product. They don't want to keep doing it. It's just like a full retail. I feel like I'm literally taking my money and just like lighting it on fire. <laughs> and so um, I will do though, just to test them out. I'll be like, all right, they'll, you know, 500 bucks or something like that. Um, you know, I've gone as, as high as like a couple thousand dollars for like a big influencer. But to me, it's still a gamble because I don't even know if it's going to convert or what's going to happen. So I typically try to spend the least amount of possible if, if, if nothing at all is my goal with that just to try to see if I can get something. Yeah. Well, one of the things that the Reflectly CMO shared too, and this will come out in a podcast episode, but what he's found success in is finding micro influencers, like tiny micro influencers where they have mm. anywhere from five to let's say 20,000 followers mm. getting very narrow on the tags you're looking for, reaching out yep. to them and just paying them a couple of hundred dollars to create the content, check out the app. So like for them, it would be it's a journaling app, so they're looking at happiness, gratitude, and then being like, they obviously like it because they're in their target market, having them create this content, paying them a couple of hundred bucks, and then using the content that they create to obviously have them share, but more so to use as ads because they're spending money and that's working well for them because having just mm. genuine people. And obviously, like if you're targeting people who are Asian, you probably want an Asian person. So, you know, like getting very, very exactly. narrow in that targeting and in the influencers you're looking for, that's what they found to be successful as well. I, I love that. So yeah, that brings me up. So I did this on YouTube and I crushed it in the beginning phases with apps where I would just get them to do a, a review, right? And I'd give them a code to get it for free. That was a premium model. Now, obviously you can give them lifetime access of your subscription or whatever. But I think that if you find someone that aligns with that, they'll do a legitimate, like they'll go and give a review and they're excited about it. And then you can use that as ads, right? Like what you're saying and you get it super cheap. And so getting really tight with the person that's going to do it, they have to care. They have to understand it. And then you have to give them a hookup. And, you know, like with our, our planner business I have, we give them a physical planner for free and then they do, they talk about it. And so with apps, like if you can give them the app for free, if you can give them some value at all, they might just like share and talk about it and on its own. So there's lots of ways to get their attention, but you always got to look at what is the way that'll get their attention so they can promote. All right, Chad. So people are dying for these app audits. So let's go into some of that. I'm sharing my screen with you. So hopefully you can see yep. what you, what I'm seeing. I'm going to go into my computer. Let's start with this. I'm, I'm having a hard time just getting my my Android to show up. I can get my phone to show up, but I've got this and th they want us to audit this. And I guess the best way we can do this is from an ASO perspective too. And it's on Google play. So I wanted to start with this. It's a cool idea. Yeah. So the app is allows you to change any color of any object on the screen. So you open up your camera, I'm wearing a black shirt. I want to see what it looks like if it's red. And so it'll mm. automatically change it. I do like that idea. I think from yeah. a ASO perspective, the basics are still going to be the same. You do want, you know, good keywords in your title. I've actually am testing keyword density a lot on Google play, whether that's in the title, 
and in the short description and also in the description, long description, I'm starting to Mm -hmm. notice that some people who have spammed it, like I'm seeing almost, let's say 20 to 30% keyword density for some of the keywords I want to rank for in some of the top, like top 10 apps. So really test that and really look on what I would suggest is search for the keywords that you really want to rank for that have high traffic and then run a keyword density tool. Now I'll create a video out for this too, but there are other websites out there, put their long description in there and just look at the top 10. I have my assistant do this. So I have data on like really high traffic terms on what that keyword density is in the long description, is in the title, and this is a short description. I'm just trying to get a sense of anomalies, like apps that don't have that many downloads, don't have that many reviews, but rank in the top 10 for a very high traffic you know, high difficulty keyword. I want to see why they're ranking so high. What I'm finding, Chad, is that their long description keyword density is extremely high, like spam level high. I'm like, well, that's yep. interesting to me. Totally. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, that, that is, I love that you're on that because that's something that, yeah, we used, you know, back in 2009, 2010, you could do that with descriptions and, and leverage that. And so it's very interesting. Yeah. This one, um, I mean, I, I definitely love the the colors and the icon. Typically, it's like you know, you you have a split second to get them to understand what this is, and I feel like a lot of people fall short on that. You know, I can read the whole thing and change color on any object on screen, and it makes sense. But there is a second where I'm a little confused, and so I feel like you know, I would keep tweaking things to give as much clarity as possible in as short amount as language as possible. Um, on, on, on like the on the on the title side of things, that would yeah, be something that I would definitely try. Maybe I'll just put in change color just to see what people. Yeah, I don't really like the icon too, and I think on Google Play, your your Same. icon and short, short description are going to be super yeah. huge, and so that's yeah. that I really don't like. Yeah, see, I'm expecting something like this, right? Where Same. Same. The third you one, you know it like, off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think play around with the app icon. I just don't think it's you can do better than just having that camera. Right. And, and see the one below the color pop effects, like the mm-hmm. picture. So that one is, was successful for a very long time, where it was black and white, and then there was a color. Oh, yeah. And so uh-huh. you, you just, you get it immediately. And I feel like you have to leverage existing successful apps that have done something similar. And, and I, I feel like the, the icon doesn't do that currently. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, without getting into the app, that, I think those are good advice there. And then we got this app. So I usually start off with the looking at the the app store listing, and then we'll go into the app. I have it loaded on my app on my phone right mm-hmm. now. But Portal VPN. So far, I like everything. I love this second screenshot. I've always talked about social proof being very, very yes. important. And then I'd make yeah, it everything. first. First screenshot, though, is what yeah. I would do on that. Yeah. Yeah, people are. Still I think it's that VPN. powerful. Uh, yeah, I mean, overall, a pretty good job. Might make these logos bigger because everybody can mm-hmm. say that. But the fi- fact that you've been on ABC News, CNN, Travel, Daily Mail, mm-hmm. make these a little bit bigger. CNET said the most secure VPN we've tested. I mean, that should be really big too. I I would put that over bestvpn.com, which I'm like, is that even a reputable site? Right, right. Yeah, I think the key is the the five stars and the way that you know Apple's saying that that is key that people just see and they're like, oh, they, they trust it. Um, right. I I see a lot of these VPN apps like this, and in my opinion, is that it could actually be like it's good, and I think it could be even more poppy. Like it could be, it could it could seem like it's higher value. So something with the colors, with the blue, the way that the blue is, and um, yeah, I feel like it it's it's it almost looks like old. And not like a new VPN app that's like I can trust. It's like an older VPN. Something about that. That's the way it makes me feel. So I would try changing the colors a little bit and making it pop a little bit more, even though there are a lot of VPNs like this. So that would be my advice to try. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting one. I like that. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to pull up the app. I don't know if you're going to be able to see this, Chad, but I'm going to pull up the app. And let me go back to Ecan. I've got the app right here. And I'll go through this with, so it says you'll need to turn on push in order to fully, okay. I do like that you're asking me to turn on push, agree to the privacy. So 
Yeah, see those colors already with the continue button? You see how that gradient, like the purple, like that alone, like if they could do that with icon and screenshots, it makes it feel like it's a higher value right off the bat. Yeah, and I do here. I think this is, I don't know how you feel about this, man. I hate these things. I do too. Okay. I don't think it does a lot. They're but, already in the app. And it's distracting. Like you you don't. Exactly. I heard, you know, Donald Miller wrote the book about, you know, marketing made simple and all that stuff. And I like that. If you confuse, mm -hmm. you lose. And I, I feel like this is just too much. It's too distracting for me to like Agreed. really understand. So if you have this multiple locations, ad free, same numbers, like that, I'd rather put up because I don't know what limited access to all features means. What is all features? Right. Because I just came into the app right now. Mm -hmm. So I would stop moving this. I like that you have social proof, but just stop moving it. And then mm -hmm. three day trial. Seven day trial. I do have thoughts on this that I'm going to save for that subscription course. And I, I just don't want to, I just yeah, rather I save too. it, but there, there we I do have data between three day free trial versus seven day free trial right here that I think will have an mm -hmm. impact. So just wait for that course. I'm sorry. I yeah. can't give away all of my secrets at once, but we did something. All I can say is we did something here within this three day, seven day trial where we saw the 70% increase in conversions. I yeah. test this a lot because I've got a, you know, 80 apps and so I have tons of data. And so, yeah, I spent a lot of my time on optimizing these things for right. sure. So it's I important guess. to test. <laughs> yeah. Without giving it too much away, Chad and I would say, <laughs> this is the page that you should really be testing. And there, there are small little changes that you can make to really increase yep. conversions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right cool well i won't allow for this but yeah overall i mean decent site all i all would say is that pricing page i think there's a lot more that you can test on that where Agreed. i think you'll see a lot of increased conversion for that mm -hmm. cool all Heck right yeah. chad i'm gonna bring you back in and yes sir sweet all right brother this was great anything parting words so thank you guys for all this stuff I, I will go through some of these comments, but thank you guys for coming. The, why don't we end with this, Chad? I will uh, app audit. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll start with this. The Joe asks, what's the best kind of app to start with? You know, to just start making some money. I mean, that is such a, a hard question to, to answer because it's really about, again, you're making a, an app that has, you can, you can win and get a slice of a pie that's big enough that you feel highly probable and you're not spending a lot of money. I typically tell people, look at apps that you're the user in, you know, apps that you care about, apps that your friends have, because you'll have a better chance of understanding the, the customer because you are the customer. Something you really understand that you can do somewhat cheap and have a high probability to make money and that you can really, you know, put your time into it. I think that is on a fundamental, easy level, my answer. <laughs> Sweet, yeah, and I'll, I'll go through a lot few before we end. So we got about five, two minutes left. I want to, you know, res respect Chad's time as well. Michael says, "What are your thoughts about app preview videos? We released one for Picks recently. Michael's worth testing. We see mixed results. I think for games, it's more known that hey, it is good to have an app preview video." For other apps, it really just depends on your category. We've seen results where you get an increase yep. in downloads and we've seen others where you get a decrease in downloads. So all I can say is you got to test it because it really yep. is category dependent. 100%. I agree with that. Yep. Sweet. All right. Well, Chad, anything, where can we follow up with you and learn more about what you got going on? I'm sure everybody knows where you are, but where, where else can we Yeah. Yeah, obviously I'm at appempire.com still. Um, and yeah, definitely excited about apps more than I ever have been. I know we're doing something together that's super exciting. So stay tuned to that because um, you'll be getting a lot of good information. And yeah, I guess the last thing I have to say is like, if, if you're in the app business, great, keep going. If you're not in the app business, jump in. Like I promise you right now is such an incredible time. Uh, there's nothing else like this. So you know, one of the reasons that I, I love Steve's content is because he knows what he's talking about and he gets it. And I'm also, you know, I also get it. And so listen to us, but also just like take chances in this. Like right now, it's such a good time to be optimistic and to be positive and to channel your energy into something that can change your life. When I 
got in my car accident. I almost died. I had nothing. I lost everything. It was at the end of the 2008, 2009 crisis that we had. Now, look, 10 years later, we're all in another one. What an opportunity you have to just play full out. I'm telling you, it can change your life forever. And so I just wanted to tell you that from like, like if I met you, I would tell you, do something. Yeah. Trust me on this one. Do something. You have all the tools you need to do. This is the best opportunity in any business opportunity that I've ever seen um, to really make some traction and change things forever. So do something. <laughs> you won't regret it, I promise. I so agree. And it's a great time. You can see this pandemic as a, you know, something that is happening right now as an opportunity or just something that a struggle like, and I do think that just change that mindset that all these things that you wish you had more time to do, well, guess what? You got the time to do it. And so go out there, pick up Chad's book. If you haven't done that, definitely worth a read. I read it way back in the day. And if you re I would, I think it's worth a reread because all the strategies, yes, the website to me have changed, but the macro strategies of studying the app stores, emulating what's working, figuring out what's not working for them and putting it out there. I've seen so many good results. And from people who've just done it, I had a friend of mine who's had an app business, been in the app business for a long time. And just what's like, I'm gonna go back to the basics and started doing that model and turn totally like flipped his yeah. company around. So it is a model that still works. Thank you, Chad, for coming on. Like Chad said, My we pleasure. got something that we're collaborating on that we're excited to announce very soon. So stay tuned in for that. And it's going to talk a lot about what's working in the app store today, a lot about that subscription stuff. So I'm eager to really share it with you guys. As Chad has the data, I'm getting more data. We're trying to really concise it all to make it action-packed for you guys. Again, appempire.com, appmasters.com for me. Check out Chad's book on Amazon, App Empire. Definitely worth a read. Chad, thank you so much for coming on and doing this, man. My pleasure, brother. My pleasure. This is fun. It's right. fun. Let's do it again. All right, guys. I'll <laughs> see you guys next week. Just stay in tune. I usually publish when we're going live on Wednesdays. So I'll try that 8 a.m. because I know Eric's going live at 9 a.m. as well. So I'll try that 8 a.m. Wake up a little bit earlier. I like to work out around that time. All right. Okay. So I like that's why I like the 9 a.m. But we'll do 8 a.m. I'll just wake up a little bit earlier. But thanks to you guys. I really do appreciate you coming on and joining us. And I'll see you guys next week. Thanks, brother. Take care. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.